yoga. Believe it or not, I used to lead worship. I did it for years, and I, I'm the I. I've, that's the first time I've seen Paul on stage break a string. I got so good at, I broke so many strings when I was leading worship that I could flip strings out pretty fast on a guitar in worship if I had the right ones available. I could just like, I would just, a hard guitar player, and would just smash those strings. I, I didn't know that you could play them gently. I just figured it had to be rock and roll style and just beat those strings, man, get every penny's worth of, of them, so awesome, it's good to see you guys, hey, we're heading out tomorrow to Guatemala to do some pre-stages for the Band of Brothers that's going to take place uh, at the end of August, 1st of September, so it's going to be amazing, uh, listen guys, the, the cure, I, I believe this, the ill for what plagues us in society, God wants to use Band of Brothers. The, you got to understand, like what Liz was talking about this morning and stuff is a reality for all of us. This is a huge reality. You better get the will to fight as a church. So those of you in America, you better pay close attention. There are certain things that are taking place, and what it is is that it is the destruction of family. And the way you destroy family is to remove the man from the home and make his role irrelevant in society. That's how you do it. And it is an assault against God first. This is not a gender issue. It, that's a smokescreen. Because anyone who's educated at all, anyone, I will stand toe-to-toe with doctors, your opinion, your opinion is not fact. There are two genders, and there will always be two genders. Always. Male and female. That's a fact. This other stuff is a smokescreen, guys. What's it a smokescreen? Because it wants to affect and come after you and I. They want to destroy family. They want to remove men from the home and from society. Why? Because as a man, I will not put up with your stupidity. I recognize the risk, and that's the job of men. Why we have issues in the homes is because men aren't loving their wives the way they're supposed to. I I'm, I'm make a decision to stand in the gap to protect my family. That's a man's job. And to make sure that things are normal within the home, and I'm not talking the world's opinion of normal, I'm talking about the normal that things are flowing so that my family can function through its issues, recognizing that every family has issues because we were born into a war and into a sinful world. And they want to destroy that. This is a joke. It is seriously a joke, but it is reality. Look at the majority of TV shows today. Look at the majority of movies today. Listen, the subtle hint 
The subtle hint, if you see it. I'm not talking about homosexuality involved in it. I'm not talking about any of that. The men in most comedy shows are made out to be idiots and blundering fools that don't know what they're doing. The wife is the strong one. She's the smart one. And she has the answers for everything. All of your Marvel movies, all of that stuff that's coming out, who are the heroines? It's all women. They're the heroes now. Why? Because it's an agenda. Even the Indiana Jones movie made it out to be Indiana's an idiot, and the women will take over and fix all of his jobs. Now, this is not a bash on women. This is actually trying to help you out here. It's a fact. Because strong men will create an environment for women to do whatever they want to do. Honestly. It's crazy how they're, the, the assault, look at the TV shows, the cop shows. Now let's be real. Let's be real. I realize that there's some bad, tough women in the world. But when I look around this congregation and those at home, do you really think that one of you could beat me in a hand-to-hand fist fight? Any chick here in the room. Do you really think, even if you got a chokehold on me, do you think I'm not going to be able to break out of that chokehold? I will plummet you so bad, I will throw my body. You see what I'm saying? So we watch this stuff, and we're seeing, oh my gosh. And now, worse than that, is we have as a church allowed this transgender issue to come in, where they're not even let, they're not even women. And where are the voices of you? Where's the voices of women? I've said this before. That freaking male swimmer, he's a male swimmer. He was rated so low, he can't even compete with the men. He sucks so bad. He suddenly says, I'm a chick, man. And he beats everybody. And they give him like women of the year awards. The dude's not a woman, he's a dude. And the church sits back blindly and does nothing because we're comfortable. Because we are spoiled children who God has given us over and over and over. And now we're like, well, I don't want to express my opinions because it might be unfriendly. Time's done. This referendum that's coming up, this whole referendum or the reconstitution stuff for Belize, and if you're in America and you're watching, you better pay close attention to this because this is setting this up for them to do the same thing in the USA with the Constitution of the United States. These countries in the Caribbean that are rewriting their constitutions, oh, where do you think they're getting their money? There's a global agenda to have all of these things to start. Start reading them. Start reading them. Used to be that the Constitution of the United States of America, it was the platform for all other countries to write their constitutions. Why? Because God first. God first. Now all these other little break-offs are coming out, and what are they putting in there? Equality, this, that, gender equality, blah, 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 blah. 
It's a global movement for one world government. We've talked about it, but we better stand up. You don't have to take it. You don't have to roll over and take it. You can be a voice. You can be a, a lighthouse in, in a storm. Belize can be that if we will not prostitute ourselves to foreign governments. Our politicians are prostituting themselves for money. For instance, you think I'm lying to you? Guys, I'm, not, I'm just going to tell you before I get in the word. I'm telling you. <clears throat> we signed on to the World Health Organization's uh, deal in Belize, our minister signed that paper that says we will comply with everything that the World Health Organization says from now on. Yes, we signed it. Now watch this. Have you read any of the new stuff? It's always the back pages. You have to find it. Have you seen the new COVID guidelines? If you have COVID, you don't need to be tested for it. You don't need to be quarantined for it. And this is it. If you have not been vaccinated, it is okay because a vaccinated person has as much or more immunity than those who have been vaccinated. That is the brand new CDC guidelines in America for COVID. More deaths were caused and doctors are coming out, there's lawsuits that are happening from the World, the World Health Organization by the way they said to handle COVID, more deaths were caused than that. Listen, it's when they started intubating everybody that everyone started dying. The moment doctors went, yo, uh, stop intubating, we began to see life. So we as a country are gonna listen to these cats? We gave away our rights to them? What other rights are we going to give away if we, when we rewrite this Constitution? Or maybe we stand up and say we don't need to rewrite our Constitution. Maybe there's a few things we need to amend. I do agree there's some amendments that need to be made in the Belizean Constitution. This is my country. I do believe that we need to change the Emergency Act. No government should have the power to, to totally control its citizens the way that this Emergency Act did. It needs to be changed. But I think there needs to be another amendment in there. I think this amendment needs to be in the Constitution of Belize. And it needs to state that. Nor prime minister or Supreme Court member, nor any minister elected by any other citizen has a loophole that allows them not to be governed and charged by the same laws that the citizens of that country have to live under. That it is equal there is no loophole, no bill or law shall be passed that excludes a politician from criminal charges that the average citizen is held therefore under. We'll start writing stuff like that. Where's it going to come from? The church. We still are the majority in this country. Better stand up and start talking. Peter warned us about it. Guys, here's another very scary thing for you. Have you noticed since the homosexuality, the LGBTQ, I'm going to say this again so those that are watching, I love them. I would die for those in that community. But I do not condone their relationship, nor will I say that their, that their lifestyle is a godly lifestyle. They can argue all day long, but what they can't say is that we hate them. I do not hate them. I would give up my life for them if I saw someone hurting them. But have you noticed that since this movement began around the world, they want to decrease the, the, the age of consent in nations? Huh. 
That sounds a lot like perversion to me. That you want to take a, used to be it was an 18-year-old, then it went to 16. Now in some countries it's 14 and 13, the age of consent. In Belize they wanted to make it 12. 12. You got a 12-year-old sitting in this room or over there? As a parent, do they make, <laughs> you, you thought about some of the decisions they make? Why? Perversion. This week, a Democratic LGBTQ community uh, senator, forget what state it was in America, was arrested for child pornography because her, his, whatever, at the daycare was taking explicit pictures of minors. And this guy sits in Congress. Back page news. Back page. If a Christian did that, if I did that, you imagine the crap storm. This is a reality. And you guys, listen, as Belizean citizens, you guys start talking. You guys start chirping. You can't sit back anymore and say, you know, watch no face. Now, you can't do it in hateful and all that. I'm not saying, but you have to start voicing your opinion. You have to start calling your area representatives and saying, we're tired of this. We're tired of this. Do your own signature things. Start taking pictures of them. This is how many people don't support. Time. It's time. In 2 Peter chapter 3, the last chapter, we're going to finish it. It talks about this. And I want us to look at this very close because it's going to deal with issues. Dude, look, look this guy. Let me write. This is a news guy. He's probably watching going, oh, crap. I'm preaching. Ready? I'm preaching. I had church kid, Lord. It's going to address some issues that we've been taught wrongly in the church. I want to look at that. I'm telling you. It was uh, J. Vernon McGee one time said this, and I, I just... I love some of the old teachers, and I quote them often. They shaped and impacted me when I was young, as a young pastor. But one of the comments that he said is, the church did not let Satan in the back door. He did not let Satan, the church did not let Satan in the side door. We as a church has opened the front door and welcomed him in to stand behind the pulpits. It's a true statement. I thought back in the day, that's pretty harsh, Jay Vernon. He was prophetic. He was telling us what was happening, that he could see even back in the 40s and 50s what was happening. And we are now reaping the consequences of this. In chapter 3, Lord, open our hearts to your word. We need you, Lord, in love to deal with these issues. What we got there? Scorpion? Dr. Fly, this is my second letter. This is what Peter wrote. Listen to me. This is what he says. It's how he's finishing out his letter. He says, this is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I have tried to stimulate 
your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. There's, a, there's something in that. It's meaning that the church, even in Peter's day, was becoming the word indifferent to the world as long as they had what, they, what made them comfortable. Hey, man, I don't want to draw attention to myself. I remember going in the military. The best advice I got was from my uncle. He said, whatever you do, don't draw attention to yourself. Just be a fly on the wall, man. Just whatever you do, because the moment they find you out, sucker. And sure enough, you guys all know me. I cannot be the fly on the wall for long. And man, oh, man, once they find you out. The reality of it, though, is the church cannot be indifferent and be a fly on the wall. We are here to affect and change government for the good of all people. Listen to what happens here. The word wholesome in the Old Testament literally means this. It's the thought of judging something by sunlight to expose any flaws. So in the Hebrew, the word wholesome is to expose something under direct light to see if there's any flaws in it. In the New Testament, it's brought into and it's beginning to be used from the Hebrew as an ethical and moral sense, meaning that we are to be wholesome in our thinking and how we live under the light so that our weaknesses can be exposed. Most people don't want their weaknesses exposed because if your weaknesses are exposed, oh, heaven forbid. But if your heart is right and your weaknesses are exposed, then the flaws can be removed and replaced with something good. So we have this. I just went through this this week where we've been going through some stuff, and so I've had to sit through a couple different meetings with guys on the phone and go over, hey, what went well? This was great. Boom, boom, boom. But this is your weakness. This is your area of need. That is hard to hear. It is super hard to hear. But if you aren't under the direct light and are saying, okay, what do we need to do? Oh, it's easy fix. Easy fix. Awesome. Got to put your pride aside. Got to check your ego at the door. Most of us will not let God put us under his light to correct the flaws in our lives because our ego is bigger than our relationship. You can write that down. Most of us will not let God check us and take care of us because our ego is bigger than our relationship with him. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. Because I've thought about it a lot last couple of weeks going, man, Lord, my ego is big. I don't think I have a big ego, but I realize I got a big-ass ego. And this thing gets in the way. Not, I can keep it in check with people around here, but Lord, this ego, it gets in the way with you. Holy smokes, Lord. I need to check this ego. And part of it was to be able to check it to the side and take constructive criticism. And then say, Lord, okay, I, I want to fix it. Let's be better at what we do for all of mankind, regardless of the choices they make. The difference we're facing in the world is there are certain agendas. These agendas that are being out there care only about themselves and no one else. Think about it. Think about that. I used to think, man, I lived in a 
bad time. When I was a kid, if you screwed up in your neighborhood, if, if the neighbor caught you, if you weren't fast enough and could run, right? I knew this. If, I could, if we were screwing up something at someone's house, whether it be the Van Zyl's house or the Yoder's house or something, if we were screwing up something, all you had to do is be fast enough to get out of there because then you would only get one beating. Because if one of those dudes caught you, he would beat you. Call your grandfather. I didn't have a dad. Call your grandfather. And then when you got home, you would receive the beating. Here's the deal, though. If the neighbor came out and saw the other neighbor giving you a spanking, he'd come out and spank you too and shame you. And so you, I learned really quick, it's better to get one beating. I thought, man, this is horrible. Live like that. No, it's actually a brilliant way to live. Society was a much better place to live because the same held truth when a young girl was walking home from school alone and a car would pull up and a person would be trying to do something with this girl and four or five neighbors would come out with shotguns and go, hey, what are you doing in our neighborhood? Because we know this young girl and we don't know you. You see what I'm saying? We had less crime. We didn't have a... I remember the very first abduction I ever heard of. The very, the very first one. I was in the sixth grade. Was I 11 years old. It was the very first time I heard of an abduction in our hometown. And a murder. These two girls were murdered. When our town found out who did it. I'm going to tell you this right now. They police had to bring in from other cities to get that guy out of his house. Because 10,000 people ascended on that place. You killed two of our own. And they brought the kids along to see this is what you do when evil comes into your house. I remember when the first porn store shop opened up in our small town was open for about a week and all the churches banded together and they did a human chain around that porn and they would take as people drove in and they would take pictures of the people getting out of the cars put it in the local newspaper there was so many people in that town that that porn shop moved out of town moved back down to san Bernardino. where has that gone because our ego is bigger than the relationship. Because our ego says, protect me. My ego says, it's all about me. And Jesus says, I created you in my image to refine you, to make you greater than yourself for me, for all that I hold dear and love. You're my tool to be an instrument that changes the world, not just you. He goes on and he says this. I'm thinking, I want to refresh your memory that this is what we're created to be. This is why we were brought out of the wilderness. This is why we fought under the tyranny of a king in Egypt. This is why, why, why he's bringing it forth. This is why David had an army. This is why we have shoved this stuff so far out of the teaching today because it's not popular. Now I'm all about grace and love. I love all you. Oh my gosh, but we have shoved stuff out that is vital. He says this, I want you to remember 
what the holy prophet said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. There's certain things that Jesus demanded. He said, I want you to do this. You need to be this way. He goes on, he says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. We see that crazy, but what, would, what do we do as the church? We'll say something, then the media or our community will say something, it's a very small group, and then we run like little whipped puppies back under the porch. Then we come to church and we rally up how strong we are. And when I was a kid growing up, there was a rule. <clears throat> There's a bully in the schoolyard. Even if he's bigger than you, you don't let him bully another kid. So you get the courage and you go stand toe-to-toe with that bully. Even if he beats you up, you swing first. And that unwritten rule of bloody the bully's nose makes the bully go away and become a friend. We as a church are hiding. We're afraid to stand toe-to-toe, and yet God, the creator of everything, is the giver of life in our words. I'm not saying that we have to do stuff with violence, but by God, we're silent. Enough is enough. We're silent with false teachers. We, I see stuff on social media and all that's great. It's a tool. But their keyboard, these, they're, 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 get your butt on a plane and fly to that place. I almost said a bad word, Larry's laughing because he's like, these guys are keyboard toughies. So easy to get and say something on there. But are you willing to go to their face? If I post something, you know dang well that I'll go to that person's face too. I'm not, not going to hold it back. This is what we have to be. There's pastors out there teaching nonsense. There's pastors hurting children and women. There's pastors abusing their position. We don't say nothing. We don't want to disrupt the flow. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I might get sued. Well, you're going to get sued anyways. And let me tell you this, everyone in the room, all of you are being slandered right now anyhow. Every one of you are being slandered, both in the physical and spiritual. Satan right now has drawn every one of you before the court of God And he is slandering you and telling God how unworthy you are. And Jesus Christ, as it says in 2 John chapter 1, that he is the attorney, the advocate that stands before the Father, looking at Satan and says, no, you are wrong. These are my kids. Get out. Case settled. We forget that. He says this. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come making the truth Uh, mocking the truth and following their own desires, they will say, what happened to the promise of Jesus that he is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. Listen, he's telling us when sin came into this world, this is the same old, that's all they got. How many people you said, oh yeah, Jesus is going to come back, you believe in that Jesus? Yeah, 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 Jesus. The church is doing it. We've got the LGBTQ communities doing it. Corrupt governments are doing it. My God, we have government officials who would rather your children be, have sex with grown men 10 to 15 times a day so they can profit from it and turn a blind eye. I'm passionate about this. 85,000 children have gone missing in America that caravan right by us, and what does Belize do? 
boy, let's figure out how we protect the freaking traffickers. Let's figure out how we protect the criminal. How do we protect the victims? Where are the victims' rights? Those kids are lost. Had a conversation with someone who said to me, John, what we do has to be done in Central America. Because by the time those little boys and girls get here, one moment they get into Mexico, they are so pumped full of fentanyl and heroin that when you stand in these homes in America and you look into the eyes of a child or a woman, you're looking at an empty soul. Riddled with diseases. All because of what? Good men do nothing. They, they're mocking. Okay, what's God going to do? I haven't seen a lightning bolt come from heaven. Year is lightning bolt. Where's kids? Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. We first fight this fight on our knees. Get direction from the Holy Spirit. Then we open our mouths and we go out and about and we create families and environments and homes for people. And we, we spread the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love. I wore this hat today. I felt it's not my hat. I gave mine away already, but I grabbed Lisa's hat. I felt like the Lord said, wear this. Jesus loves you. Never let anyone know that he doesn't. This is out of love, but it's a harsh truth, what I'm preaching today. Because we've been duped into passivity and indifference by preaching from right here. I pulled myself into this too. Times when I didn't want to be too offensive. Well, sometimes this is super offensive. I don't know if you've ever really read the Bible. If you're ever struggling with something, going through something, dealing with a personal issue, and you read the Bible, it pisses you off. I have to love my wife? Are you serious? She's been mean to me for three days. Honestly, let's be real here. She's mean to me, man. I have to do everything. I'm... I'm Honestly, I'm reading this, and then he says, you know, you got to love her regardless. Well, I don't want to. That, who, who wrote that? I think he heard you wrong. God's like, no, you're hearing me wrong. You're the problem with your wife. Go in there and tell her you love her. And even though it's her fault, take responsibility for it. Let's be real, women. You know that. A lot of times it's your fault. But you guys are as stubborn. I always hear people say, Men are the most stubborn people in the world. Bull crap. Every woman here is laughing because you know it was your fault, but you're as stubborn and ego as much as we are, and you won't, you will not, or you'll come in and do this, right? You'll walk in the room and go, I'm like, good God, I don't know what I did. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Three days of hell. Cold shoulder in the bed. You know what I mean? When they get into bed and they roll over and throw their back at you, it's like, Bingo. Three days of that, right? And then they come in. Your wife will come in and she'll say, she'll come in and go, you know what? I'm sorry. Guess it was my fault. And then walks out. And you're sitting there going, that is the worst for me. I'm like, I'll start throwing F-bombs out and everything at that moment. Because I'm like, that is the most insincere apology I've ever heard. 
What in the world? See, what you're doing is you've provoked me to now make it my fault. Well, good. Now it's my fault, and I, so I'm going to have to apologize to you. And then they go away and go, oh, that's awesome. Tonight I'll make you coffee. What's your favorite food? Why? And then I go to the Bible, and I read stuff in the Bible. says, no, you have to love her through that because that's why I put you here. Because you don't understand some of the things that she's going through, nor will you ever understand the things that she's going through. And yes, it is her fault, but just like I died for you and fight for you and I don't blame you, you do that for her. She is the lesser or the not, when I say lesser, listen to me. She's not equal, but she is lesser. She's more, she has the feminine side of God. She's equal in the home. But she's not as strong as you and I. Have you ever noticed with guys, listen to me, it's a true statement, man. It's not making fun of women. Have you ever noticed that how guys deal with crap? Guys can sit in a room with another guy and go, F you. No, F you. I'll freaking knock you out right now. You're a jerk. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, you think so? Hey, we push each other a couple of times. The next thing you know, we're out eating burritos, playing basketball together, best of friends. Chicks don't do that, man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Every woman in here right now is going, nope, that's not how we play. We play different. We play like, oh, you look so beautiful in that dress. Look at how childish she looks. Looks like some kind of hussy. Be a shame to be her husband's wife, I'll tell you that. Am I right or wrong? I'm telling you, man. I'm confessing to you. The other day, my wife said a bad word. She said a bad word. I said, it shocked everyone at the table, me. And then I told her later, I said, that was sexy. Because <laughs> I could relate to the bad word. You see what I'm saying? All the other times, I can't relate. Like, why don't you get emotional about stuff? Like, what is the problem? Because we're wired differently. My point is, there's things in the Bible that frustrate me. It frustrates me. But we still have to live by it. Because God knows what's best for you and I. And we're not doing stuff in the world that we need to be doing. Watch this. He says this, they deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. This is the truth, guys. This is the reality. Peter is reminding them, listen, man, God speaks us in. Think about the argument that the non-believers use. They use that Jesus isn't happening. What, you know, he's not the key to anything. They want to take away the authority or the word of God so that they can justify and do whatever they want to do to draw people away. They don't want to go to the historical facts of history. I shared this last week. I am grateful that God has nothing but good thoughts for me and you. Because the God of the world, of everything, thought. Did you hear what Peter said? He thought it into existence. Can you imagine if God had one bad thought about you or I? It would be over. He could not pull it back. Yahweh, thank you for loving me. Thank you for deciding in heaven 
that you and Jesus and the Holy Ghost had a plan for my evilness. And you think nothing but love for me. He thinks the same thing about these politicians and the LGBTQ. But if you don't turn, fire. Fire's coming. Man. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. We forget that. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. So we're like, oh, he's... No, listen. To God, all of this has already happened. That's what you got to understand. God sees the end already because it's already happened in heaven. Heaven is not bound by time. What we're living, and this goes into these weird levels of stuff that maybe Jack can get, and we'll have these discussions one day, but we live in this world where there's dimensions, but the dimensions that we live in, my pastor and I used to talk about this all the time. We joke about, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask you know, Peter what he's been doing all this time, or I'm going to ask you know, what's it been like in heaven? And he goes, I bet you it's more like this when we get to heaven and we go, yo, Adam, what's it been like to be here the longest in heaven? And he looks at you and goes, I don't know, I just got here. Because remember, when we leave this earth, we're no longer in time. That's where weird doctrines come up with Catholicism and stuff where you go into that, what is it called, the purgatory. That's where that stuff comes from is because our minds realize there's something greater than what we can understand. So we have to try to justify it with beliefs and stuff, but we just don't get it instead of just living. Here's what I do know. We were given life and we were given breath to change this world right now. That time will come soon enough for all of us. And so when that time comes, then we can have that fun discussion and figure out how wrong all of us really were. And until then, we are to be the voice of love and compassion, but we are also to be the voice of justice. Telling you. The Lord isn't really being slow. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. What? What? Sometimes we don't want him to be patient for the other guy, do we? Right? I want grace all day long, but I don't want it for you. You ever notice that? If I made a mistake, I, I'm grateful for grace and I love grace, but if you make a mistake against me, I want judgment right now. Sucker, burn, fire. Lord, bring it in. Kill that sucker. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He loves these guys in this world that are bringing grossness into it, but he's also telling us, don't stand by and take it. And we'll talk about that in a moment. And it's biblical. You've heard me say Jesus hates cowards. That's a true statement. Unfortunately, the church, a lot of religions, cowards. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief, and the heavens will pass away in a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Listen, the other night we were getting hit by lightning around us back here, and it was loud, thunder was loud, and it woke me. And I was laying in bed thinking about how loud it was. You know, the type of lightning that it, as the lightning hits, the thunder hits, you, you can hear the crack of the lightning and the boom at the same time. And I thought, you know, it kind of, it's an eerie feeling because even in your house, you realize you are unprotected. Like, the, you just are going, whoa, this is powerful. And my mind goes back to, Lord, I don't know if I want to hear this day. I'll die of a heart attack just to hear the day. 
You ever see people when lightning and thunders real loud and they go, oh, oh. Dude, when God, when God comes back, we're going to be like those sheep. Have you seen those sheep, those scared sheep or whatever? You startle them, the goats, and they go, clunk. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, the holy and godly li- um, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along on that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth that he promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. That's what I'm looking forward to. But how can I look forward to the righteousness of heaven if I'm not willing to fight for the righteousness on earth? It's hypocrisy. It's selfish. It's wrong. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives and pure and blameless in his sight. Now, I'm going to read the rest of this, and we're going to come back and camp on this for just a moment. And remember our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, some of his comments are hard to understand. There's hard stuff in the Bible to understand. It's difficult. But it's true. You may not like it, but it's true. And if you don't like it, take a good evaluation of yourself. Because there's something in you that you compromised with. But they're gay. Okay. You can still love them. You can still love them and give them the truth. Just don't condone it. There's, I'm telling you, we're getting... Some of his comments are hard to understand. And those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture. And this will result in their destruction. This has been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years. We're twisting Scripture to make it fit a denominational view, not God's view. We've been doing it for years, and you've heard me say it. There's things in Scripture that I was taught that I go, that is the most jacked up thing ever. Who taught that? A denomination taught that. A religion taught that. That is not what, when you start looking deep into the Hebrew and the Greek, and the form in which it's written, you realize, whoa, 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 this was put out as an agenda. And Satan used the agenda. How are you? I am am warning you ahead of time, dear friends, be on guard so that you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. That's been one of my favorite verses forever. But check this out. I want to go back to this. Make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. We have been taught, who has been taught this peace? life. Who's been taught the life? Be peaceful, brother. Be peaceful. And you feel that that the peacefulness of your life is to be a nonviolent person. To not have any problems. To not have anything. Anyone ever felt that way when you look at verses of be peaceful and the church has said, oh man, let's carry the picket sign. We're peaceful. Oh, we've been taught wrong. We've been taught wrong because these two words, shalom, this word shalom in the Hebrew and uh, arin in the Greek 
means something completely different than what we've been taught as peaceful. Good little Christian boys and girls that live peaceful lives. We've been taught wrong. We've been taught. We've been dumbed down. And we've been taught passivity and indifference to be controlled by a religion that will be controlled by politics. That's why these crazy non-denominational pastors and people like that or the larger church, when they go off and don't do the status quo, why you see everyone talking trash about them, but boom, boom, these guys are bad, bad teachers, bad, bad, bad. (laughs) Watch what it really means. The word peaceable in the Greek comes from the word peace, arene, literally pictures, listen to this, you ever, this is mind-boggling, this is what it means. It means, it literally pictures the binding or joining together again, that of which has been separated or divided, and thus setting it to make one again. Hmm. It's inner rest, this is what it means in the Greek. It is inner rest, well-being, and harmony. The ultimate peace in the state of um, reconciliation with Yahweh. That's a peaceful life. It's not sitting back watching evil and saying nothing. Because, well, God told me to be a good little boy and girl. I don't want to say anything because I'm a peaceful neighbor. I'm the type of neighbor, if I see you like these, I'm going to say another bad word. These jackasses for over 20 years have been freaking watching this serial killer in New York kill girls and then bury them and they don't say nothing. Listen, I'd be the first one to be like, 2 o'clock in the morning, I hear some dude with a fire in the backyard and digging a hole. I'd be like, yay! What are you doing over there? Because that's not right. Something's strange here. Mind your own business. I am. Because the property we share is not just divided by a fence. The property we share, I stand on the same dirt that you stand on. And if you're de- doing evil over on that side and it's washing into my side, I have a five, five, six round for you, buddy. Now they're all coming out. We knew something was wrong. He was strange in the neighborhood. I knew it when I heard him digging at two in the morning, lighting fires. Good God, for 12 or 20 years, now you got the courage to come out? You're a coward. Hey, can I come over there and help you dig? You don't mind if I bring my 45, my 9 millimeter, <laughs> my body cam, and have a, my son's going to be up on the roof with Overwatch with a 300 Winchester mag, and you and I can discuss what you're putting in the hole. We've been taught passivity under the guise of peaceful. We live peaceful lives. Biblically, the word peaceful means to be reconciled with Yahweh by placing one's faith in the gospel. This is the truth. This is what it means. By placing our peaceful person places his faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what peace means. Peace implies health, well-being, and prosperity. So let me, let me reread this. Make every effort to be found living, peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. Now suddenly, 
you see that it's not, it's not talking about me and Woody, though it does imply that if I have peace within me, I have peace with him, and then even if, I, if he doesn't have peace with Yahweh, I have peace with Yahweh. Do you understand that this is not about being peaceful, passivity, indifference like some religions preach? This is not what is being preached here. This is the personal relationship of one who is reconciled with Yahweh. That's peace. Now go back to what are we stand on. I've said this for years and years and years. If you look in Romans at the full armor of God, it is Jesus Christ. The armor of God that you wear is all Jesus. Everything is Jesus. It's not literal armor. It is the, bless, the breastplate of righteousness. Who is our righteous one? Jesus. Who is our truth? Jesus. Who is our helmet of salvation? Jesus. Who is our shield? Jesus. Who is our shoes of peace? Oh, and I walk around. Stop it, brother. Don't fight with his brother. It's not what it's implying. It's implying that you stand on solid ground, reconciled with Yahweh because of Jesus Christ. And now the words from your mouth are like this two-edged sword because you wield his word. Oh, it makes a big difference here, doesn't it? Never really been, have you been taught this before? You suddenly go, well, I always thought to be a good little neighbor. It's not talking about being that. It's talking about, listen to me again, be found living peaceful lives. It doesn't mean that you're passive and that you're indifferent to the problems of the world. It means that you are found when God returns, not the pastor. That's not my job. My job is to not look into your soul and see if you're right with God or not. My job as a pastor is to equip you for the work of the Lord. My job is to lead the way in the fight against evil. My job is to see your pain and say, I'm here for you. And the only way we're going to fix it is Jesus. That's my job. It's not my job to see if, oh, I don't know if you're saved or not. That's not my job. That's why Peter says right here, writing to the group, but to the individual, be found, make every effort that you as an individual are found living a peaceful life. The peace is not you're a good little boy or girl. It is that you are living in reconciliation with Yahweh. That you are prosperous because of it. That you have a firm foundation. And when, here's why it's so important. This is what we've lost Thank you for this. God keeps dumping some stuff to me right now. The reason why, for, so something took place recently, and there was some stuff going on, and blah, 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 blah. And I got up in the middle of the night, and I looked like a homeless man walking around the streets in just my underwear, and I actually poured a glass of bourbon, and I had my slippers on, I was walking up and down a street praying to God because what I heard was so horrific, I had no understanding of it. There was, I had so, there was no peace. I had to get out of bed and go for a walk. And I was just crying out to God. 
And this is what I realized about this. When you have that peace, when you're standing in the shoes of peace, and evil then comes in and tries to destroy that peace, it makes a person that's living that life stand up and say something and do something. I thought, man, I must be unstable. I mean, I've struggled with this, no joke. I must be unstable. I would get out of bed and walk around like that. And I realized, no, I'm, pro- I'm probably really stable. I'm probably really stable, and I thank you, Jesus, for that. Because what I know is that this is not reconciled with Christ, and it is causing a problem because it doesn't match my life and relationship and my values. It doesn't match my children's. This is, and you, you guys track where I'm coming? It's hard to grasp because we've been taught something so long. Right? Listen to this. The word shalom. Right? The word shalom means to make it good shall surely repay. This is out of Exodus. Shall surely repay. Make full restitution. But the word that trumps it all is to restore. So in Hebrew, we address people, shalom, peace, brother. It's biblical. Shalom, shalom, shalom alaikum. In Arabic, they've stolen that from the Hebrews. Shalom alaikum. It's actually a blessing. And what it's asking is peace. It's its action of, of peace. When I say to you, shalom, when I greet you, if I were to greet you with shalom, what I'm asking you is peace. Are you whole? Are you grounded? Is everything restored? And if not, may the blessings of God restore you. That's what it means. This is what, it, it has nothing to do with passivity. It has nothing to do with indifference. It actually means quite the opposite. Because in Israel, they greet shalom, 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 shalom. Why? Shalom. They're putting blessings on people. But they're asking when you really understand the ancient part of it, Right? Listen to this, in ancient Hebrew, in, in God's day, in Moses' day, and it's still God's day, but in Moses' day, it means to make something whole. So when I shalom you, shalom, what I'm asking is that God would make you whole. Now, I can't make you whole, and God can't make you whole unless you receive the wholeness of him through his son, Jesus Christ. You see the power of this now and how it's been perverted for years and years and years in our English language that is that is stripped us from being emboldened. We actually should be more emboldened and powerful, not woke. I'm so worried about you can't say that. You can't say that. It's an overall fullness and completeness in mind, body, this is the Hebrew, and estate. The physical what God's given you to steward. Powerful. It is, in my opinion, as I close, it is sinful to alter the word of God, as you know, and to use the word of God to be a coward to not offer peace to everybody.
when you read the book of Revelation, chapter 21. The very first person that will not enter heaven is the coward. And he's not talking about the guy that hid behind the wall that didn't get up and shoot while all of his buddies ran away. It's this pastor's belief that he's speaking to the believers that refuse to stand up and share peace with the world around them. I am adorned. You are adorned with the armor of God. And there is no greater armor than Jesus. I want you to think about this for a second. It's powerful. Everything else passes away, but what doesn't pass away? Love. Who is the author of love? Jesus. He is your helmet of salvation. He is your breastplate of righteousness. He is your shield of faith. He is your belt of truth. He is your shoes of peace. He is by the Spirit within Him and the promised gift of you, His Word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. And we are not given armor to sit by on a couch. We are given armor to get in the fight. You got to get the will to fight, guys. Or they're going to take this country from us. They'll take it. It's time to voice our opinions. It's time to stand up and start talking shalom. It's time to start going after it. I know what I do. Some of you probably kind of get a little bit. Take it. But there's other things God will lead you to. We got big plans for here. And it's bigger than here. That's why I believe the enemy is assaulting this country right now. And uh, I don't know. I'll start crying in a minute. We have just sat by. And me, is, even as a pastor, and not taking the time to be a diligent studier of the word, have just assumed I was taught right the whole way through. But when I dig deep into the word and start looking at the meanings and how it's, I just go, Dear Lord, thank you for the blood. But now that I know, you ain't silencing me. I will not be indifferent. I will not be passive. If you want to play, let's play. When, here's what you need to know, though. This is important. We win. We're not fighting. We're fighting for victory. You've heard that before, but when you start to put this all together, like what I'm talking about, you realize, okay, we're fighting. I may get taken out. We still win. <laughs> Suckers. I was talking to a group of guys on something that we were just doing. I was like, you know what? The worst thing the enemy could do is kill us now. 
was the worst thing he could do. They're all, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I said, because this is how God plays. This is how God plays. It is so brilliantly good. If you kill me, if the enemy kills me now, and God allows me to come home, he will replace me with ten like me. Sucker, you are screwed. Yeah, kill me now, because I want to see you burn, sucker. Think of that's the mindset we got to have, church. Right? Amen? That's why I love you guys. Um, just be firm-footed in Jesus. Don't be passive in him. When someone says, oh, the church is hateful, go what church? Because the church that I know, the church that Jesus Christ bought me, loves with a passion but will not tolerate evil. If you're talking that you think love looks like tolerating evil, then that's not true love at all. You see what I'm saying? I talk to people like that all the time. Well, the church is hateful in their ideas. Oh, you know, here's the funny thing. I, I guess there's a few churches, but I myself had a recent conversation about the LGBTQ crap, and someone said, the church is the most hateful, blah, 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 blah. I said, you know, what's funny is the only people that I see spewing hate is the church of the LGBTQ. That's what I, I, I go, I, I'm, I'm confused by this because I keep telling you and people like me, we love you. We want to do everything we can for you, but we just don't condone your lifestyle because it's unhealthy. It's not healthy to drop the, the consenting age to 12. That's not healthy for anyone. And it's not healthy to take the rights of people away so that you can live a filthful, filthy life. Like, it's not right. What we're talking about, we don't even have the stuff in place. That's what we're talking about. Like, it's a known fact, right? In the LGBT community, they have a higher, uh, this is a known fact. This, I'm not making this up. They have a higher suicide rate. They have higher domestic violence rates. We aren't equipped. So, listen, man, you're talking hate from us. I'm trying to figure out how do we get social systems in place to be able to help those in the community that want to kill themselves for living a life they know they shouldn't live. What sounds more loving? But you tell me that I hate you because I want you to live a life of depression. Hmm, interesting. So I, th that church is spewing more hate than this church. This church is trying to figure out how we love each other and how you know the truth and know that you're deeply loved. You see what I'm saying? You got to start talking, people. That's how it starts changing minds. And you are the right ones for the job. I believe in it. I believe in you. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, we thank you for all of your creation. Lord, though it frustrates us at times, Lord, we have to view it as you view it. Lord, that we check our egos. And Lord, that we put aside those things so that our relationship with you is right. Lord, that we will not be passive. We will not be indifferent. We will speak the truth. And we know it will cost us, Lord, but we know that in you, we will be made whole. And so we thank you. and We cannot wait for this earth to be whole. Come back, Jesus, but until then, may we be an army that truly fights under you, a warrior, Yahweh. Papa, I am blessed, and all of us at this community church are blessed to be called your children. In Jesus' name, amen.